Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how he truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I am your host, Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad you're tuning into the show today. Today on the show, we're talking about the God of the impossible, the God of the impossible. Do you have a situation in your life that looks impossible? You know, is there something that looks just too hard to overcome or too hard to get through or too hard to even believe God can make happen? Um, I want to encourage you today that nothing is too hard for God. And uh, the God that we serve is known as the God of the impossible. You know, in the Bible, it, it lists all these different names of God, you know, like Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Rapha and Emmanuel. God is with us. They all those names mean something, you know. Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Rapha is God is our healer. And the other one is God is our provider. And then, um, then there's Elohim, which is like the creator of everything. Um, the giant God, um, the God that can do the impossible. And I love studying the names of God and and what they mean and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was thinking of this story when I was thinking about this topic of the God of the impossible, I was thinking about the story in Luke in the new Testament of the Bible. It's Luke chapter one that we're going to be in. And it's about Elizabeth and Zachariah. And I don't know if you know that story or if it's been a while since you've heard it, or if you're new to the Lord and and you're just starting to learn all these cool stories in the Bible, I encourage you reading the Bible is like super fun. It's not some um, thing that you have to do to be religious. It's not, it's not something that God wants you to do just to impress him or please him. It's a way that you can learn more about the goodness of God and how awesome he is. And, um, you just, you just really feel his heart when you get into the word. So I encourage you get into the word, um, get into the word because it will change your life, not because you feel obligated. And I know sometimes, um, even for me, it started out that I, I read the word because I knew that it was a good thing to do, that I was supposed to do it as a believer. We're taught to get in the word and that's okay to start out that way. I'm just saying, ask God to give you a heart for his word, to give you a passion for his word and an understanding for his word. And he'll totally do that. He did that for me. I prayed that prayer. I was like, Lord, help me. I want to know your word. I want to understand it, but I need you to give me a desire to do that. And he totally did. So he's down with that. I encourage you to get a translation that you enjoy reading. Okay. Um, like if the new King James Bible is all you've ever read and it's super hard for you to understand, maybe because of all the these and thous and stuff like that, switch over to maybe like the NIV or the NLT or even the message version of the Bible reads it more in like story form and in today's, um, nomenclatures and today's, um, context and helps you understand it. One of my favorite ways you've heard me talk about it before. If you've ever listened to the show is the passion translation. I love this so much. Um, it's only available in the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs right now, Song of Songs. Um, but it's so awesome, you guys. It really has changed the way I feel about reading the word. It just gets me into it. So I encourage you in that. But um, all that being said, 
point of that was get in the word. You will love it. And if you're having, if you're struggling to love it, ask God to help you. And he totally will. But in Luke chapter one, we pick up the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah. And I'll give you just a little bit of background. Um, well, I'm just going to read it to you. Luke chapter one. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke one. We're going to pick up in verse five. Okay. During the reign of King Herod, the great over Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah who served in the temple as part of the priestly order of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also from a family of priests, being a direct descendant of Aaron. They were both lovers of God, living virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord fully. But they were childless since Elizabeth was barren, and now they were both quite old. One day while Zechariah's priestly order was on duty and he was serving as a priest, it happened by the casting of lots that the honor fell upon Zechariah to enter into the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. A large crowd of worshipers had gathered to pray outside the temple at the hour when incense was being offered. All at once, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear, but the angel reassured him, saying, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you, for I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to name him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him. He will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. Oh, I love this story so much. Um, We're going to stop right there. Um, This is such a great story because I love that it said in the beginning that they were lovers of God. I love that that's how they're mentioned in the Bible. You know what? When God talks about me to other people someday, I hope he says she was a lover of God, right? Um, I just, that is such a beautiful description of, of who we are called to be in relationship with the father. It's not, they were doers of God, right? They were ministers of God. They were workers for God. They were lovers of God. And I think first and foremost, that's one of my biggest heart messages is God just wants relationship with you. He wants you to know him like a friend. He wants to know you really well, and he wants to have relationship with you. So I love that that's how Elizabeth and Zechariah are described here. So we know from the story, from what it tells us in Luke chapter one, that they were believing God for a child. They had been praying it probably their whole marriage together. And now they were really old. It says right there in the scripture that Elizabeth was barren. Okay. So she could not get pregnant and that they had been praying for a baby all these years, but now they were really old. So I'm sure that this situation looked impossible to them, but every day that Elizabeth got a year older, you know, as women, we know that every year that we get older, it gets harder and harder for us to get pregnant And it makes it even more unrealistic as we age that we could possibly have a baby. So not only were they believing for her to be healed and not be barren anymore and to have a child, um, as they got older, that miracle in itself looked more and more impossible every day. And I don't know about you, but do you have a situation in your life where it looks really impossible? And honestly, every day that goes by it becomes more and more impossible. I know I've got a situation in my life like that. I've talked to you guys before. This story is near and dear to my heart because I too am believing God um, for my little girl to come that he promised me many, many years ago. And every day that I age and get older, I'm like, okay, Lord, you're just really amping this up. And we're getting into the big time impossible rounds now as I get older. You know, do you have a situation in your life where, Even the timing 
the time that goes by every day is making your situation look harder and harder. Um, don't be discouraged, you guys. It's in these crazy, hard, impossible situations that God loves to show up. You know, he's, I think he's attracted to our faith. I really do. I think when we put our focus on him and our faith on him and our belief in him, that God is totally attracted to that. You know, it tells us in the word in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God for the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and reward those who seek him. So what that scripture says to me is that it really blesses God. It really pleases his heart just when we believe him, you know, just believing him and what that looks like in a practical sense. I'll use myself as an example Um, in my situation where I'm believing God for my daughter. I'll say to him, I don't know how she's coming, Lord. I don't know if she's coming by adoption. I don't know if she's coming by natural childbirth. I don't know what's happening, but I know that you told me you promised me I was going to have a little girl someday. So whatever that looks like, I just want you to know that I believe you. I believe you, God. And that stirs up my faith. You guys, even on days when those words, that very sentence, I believe you feels like lip service to me. The Lord totally meets me in my place of belief or unbelief of me just declaring, I believe you, no matter what my situation looks like, no matter what my circumstance looks like, I believe you, God. He meets me there, you guys. And by the time I'm finished saying that sentence, I do have fresh hope. I do have fresh belief. You know, we talk a lot on the show about how important your words are and what we speak, um, not just to other people, but over ourselves. Your words speak life or death, you guys. And we've talked about that a lot. So I just encourage you, especially on the days where you're feeling like it's super impossible. Those are the days to say it out loud the most, you know, just declare it. If you're driving down the road, just say it in the car, just say it out loud right now. I believe you, God, about that situation that you've promised me. I believe you, God, for that healing in my body. I believe you, God, for the restoration of my marriage. I believe you, God, for those finances to come through that I need. I believe you, God, for enough money to get gas in my car to go to work tomorrow. It doesn't matter. How big or how small your situation is, God wants to meet you there. And so I encourage you to have have faith. And what I mean by that is just believe him. And when you don't do like that God did in the Bible, help me in my unbelief. You can say that, you know, ask God to meet you where you're at. It doesn't have to be this strong feeling of faith in your life. You know, it can just be. I am like down to my last little mustard seed, Jesus, of faith, you know, like, hello, I got a tiny little thimble bit of faith left, and I really need you to increase my faith. And he'll do that every time. So I encourage you with that. It also says in, um, again, in Hebrews, a little earlier on in chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And for me in my life, it's not about how much I believe him. Um, or how faithful I act or, um, or even, you know, any of that kind of stuff where am I declaring it enough? Am I saying enough? Do I really believe it in my heart? Is God having to meet me every day and encourage me and lift up my faith? It's not even about that. It's about how faithful he is. You know, he calls himself in the word and Jesus also, he is faithful and true. And I think he talks about that in revelations, the one who is faithful and true. You know, God is faithful above all else. It tells us in Lamentations chapter three. So now even in the Old Testament for all you New Testament lovers, there's some good nuggets in the Old Testament. Don't forget to read your Old Testament too. 
Lamentations 3.22 says, Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I put my hope in him. And that's a really good one, you guys, to memorize or write on your bathroom mirror or put on a little note card and put in the dashboard of your car if you commute a lot. And um, I used to do that years ago. I would just paste Bible verses and tape them to my dashboard so I could look at them on the way to work and encourage myself when I need it, especially if there was one that he was highlighting in a season of struggle in my life or in a season where I was really believing him for something hard or something impossible. And Lamentations chapter 3, 22 through 24 is one of those. Um, like I said, it tells us that it's because of his faithfulness that we don't perish. So don't worry if you're not feeling particularly full of faith about something. You know, pray, like I said, declare it, ask God to help you, but then trust his faithfulness. And then just say out loud, like this verse says, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. Um, you know, that reminds me of a story in my own life. Um, years ago, when the Lord had called me to lay my job down, I had been in, in outside sales for a construction company for, gosh, 15 plus years with the same business, same family owned company. And God called me to lay that down and step out in faith and believe him for what he was calling me to that next thing, which ended up eventually being a women's pastor at the local church I was in at the time. And then even fast forward more into the ministry that I'm doing now, but I had to lay that down. And that job, you guys, was my identity. It was the provision for my family. It, it was everything to me. And, and to be honest with you, I, it, it, I had made it an idol in my life for sure, because it's where I got everything from. I got my affirmations. Like, like I said, I got my identity in that. It's where I could see the fruit of my labor and, um, also where I got all my accolades and stuff like that from coworkers or clients. And it's like I said, where I got my provision, my financial provision. And so when the Lord asked me to lay that down, that was a really big step of faith in a scary place that he, he really enabled me to have the faith to step out and do that. And, and there were lots of days, you guys, where I just had to say out loud because my circumstances would look pretty scary, you know, especially finance financially. I'll just use that as one example of that journey financially every month when the bills came, my husband and I had to just sit down and pray and, and ask God to encourage us in our faith and to give us fresh hope that we could believe God for his provision, that we could believe that we could trust God and that we weren't in a constant state of anxiety or panic or worry or fear, because we knew that that's not what God had called us to right? that his plans for us were good. Like it talks about in Jeremiah 29, we knew that God's plan for us was good and that, that he was taking us to another level of trusting him. And, and what that looked like for us was just praying every month. Oh God, you know, please show up this month and provide for us and help us get through what looks like a season of lack. I mean, things were tight. It was down to the penny every month. We didn't have anything extra. And if something went wrong, like the tire went out on our car and we had to pay for a new tire, um, I remember our water heater went out during that season, um, a boiler, like we had all kinds of stuff happen in that season, unexpected expenses, if you will. Right. And we just had to believe God every time. And he never let us down one time. One story in particular that I remember is I was doing a Bible study. I can't remember the name of it. It's by Priscilla Shire, but it's all about, um, being in the wilderness and, and the Israelites and what they went through in the book of Exodus and everything and, and seeing God in the wilderness. 
And I was doing that Bible study and there was one day in particular that she, Priscilla tells the story of her parents, um, Priscilla Shire's parents. Um, her dad is Dr. Tony Evans, the evangelist, the minister, the pastor. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he has a huge ministry and, and, um, has done some really great things with the Lord. But at the beginning of her parents' ministry, they were living when she was a little girl, they were living in this apartment and they had no money and, and they had called, the Lord had called him to lay down all of his side jobs and just be in ministry. And, um, they were eating beans like every night for dinner, like, you know, the cans of pork and beans and baked beans and whatever kind of beans are on sale at the grocery store that week because money was so tight. And one day Priscilla's mom just looked at, at Dr. Evans and said, Tony, if the Lord doesn't provide for us some meat this week, like I'm done, like this is too hard. This is enough with the beans already. Like I need to see God show up and, and feed us some meat. And so it seemed like such a, um, small thing to ask for meat, but it's also such a big thing to watch God show up in our lives. Right. But that's what she needed at that time to really believe that God was still with them and that he was fighting for them and that they were on the right path. You know, they just need that confirmation. Like, is this even God? Am I, am I sure I'm supposed to be doing this, laying all this job down and my provision and just waiting on God. So they, they prayed together as a family that night and asked for God to provide for them $500 so that they could go buy groceries and pay some of their bills and just really show up and that, that God would confirm in that way that he was fighting on their behalf and that they were in the right place on their journey with him. And the next day they get up, they go to the mailbox, just checking the mail like normal. And sure enough in the mailbox is a $500 check that somebody had sent them to encourage them and to finance his ministry and to help him. And it came at just the right time. Now, come on, you guys, that is a miracle. That is God showing up in a really big way. That is the faithfulness of God. And if you just think about that story a little deeper, he had to put it, God had to put it on somebody's heart days in advance of Dr. Evans and, and his wife, even praying that prayer to write that check, to put it in the mail and for it to come to them the very next day. So even when we can't see it, you guys, in the midst of our circumstances, when we think we're just praying a random prayer for God to redeem a situation or rescue a situation or to show up and come through you guys, he's even before they call, I will answer. That's a scripture. In the word, I have that in my house. Even before they call, I will answer. And that's what God did. He saw this situation coming. He prepared in advance for it. He put it on somebody's heart. They wrote the check in obedience. They put it in the mail. And the next day after the prayer was prayed, the Lord had already answered it. There it was sitting in the mailbox. And I read that story that morning. And that was so encouraging to me. Um, our electric bill was due the next day and things were really tight. And John had told me before he left for work that morning, you know, I don't know if we're going to have enough to pay this electric bill tomorrow. Like we really need God to show up. And so I knew it wasn't a coincidence that I was reading that particular part of that Bible study that morning. And so I just prayed and said, Lord, I really need you to show up um, like you did for Priscilla's parents. And I just need you to confirm that John and I are still on, on your path and, and walk in in what you've called us to. And I just need some encouragement that you're our provider and that you're going to bring us through this season that seems like lack from our perspective, but you've shown up every week and every month. And Lord, I just need you to show up again. And I just really need some fresh encouragement, not only for me, but for John, my husband, so that he can be encouraged that this is what you've called me to do. And that I was supposed to lay down my job and, and, and have this time with you of preparation. 
And so I went about my day, you guys, prayed that prayer, closed my Bible study, went about my day, ran my errands, you know, took my kids to school, um, did all the stuff I needed to do and picked my kids back up in the afternoon and, of course, checked the mail out of habit like I did every day after picking my kids up from school. And you guys, in my mailbox, and I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating this story. For those of you listening, saying no way, I'm telling you, yes way. This is totally true. I have lots of friends in my life back in this season that can verify the authenticity of this story. There in my mailbox was a check from First Bank on their actual letterhead, um, like a cashier's check from First Bank, an anonymous check from someone for $500. That very same day that I had read the story, that I had asked the Lord for confirmation in my own life, and I'd asked for him to show up and provide there in my own mailbox was an, was a check from someone anonymously for $500. Listen, I called the bank. My husband called the bank. They would not reveal to us who wrote that check, that cashier's check, who, who did that. Um, we asked lots of family and friends. Nobody ever fessed up to it. We, to this day, all these years later, I think that was, um, that was 2009. Yep. Spring of 2009. It has been almost 10 years. You guys, we still don't know who sent us that money, but God put it on somebody's heart just like he'd done for Dr. Evans, Priscilla's dad. He put it on their heart probably days in advance so that we would get a cashier's check on the mail the same day that I read the Bible study, the same day that I prayed and asked God to do a miracle in my life. God did the same thing for me, you guys. And he wants to do those kind of miracles for you. You know, if you're hearing my story and thinking, oh, you know, that's just, a bunch of mumbo jumbo. That's too hokey. God's not like that. I'm here to tell you he so is like that. He is like that. And then some like I only have a 30 minute show. I could go on and on with crazy ways that God has shown up in my life. And if you keep tuning in to the rest of my show every week, you'll hear a lot more of those ways. Um, but I'm not special, right? God doesn't love me more than you. Um, God hasn't set me apart to get all of his special miracles and wonders. He wants to do that for you too. And I bet if you stop and think for a minute, even now you'll realize ways that God has shown up and, and that you've written it off as coincidence maybe or happenstance. And God's like, no son, no daughter. That's me trying to show myself real and present in your life. Um, he wants to be your miracle working God too. And he is, it's just whether or not you recognize it. And like I said, just believe him, God, guys, for the big things. What happened in the story that we read from Elizabeth and Zechariah, she ended up like it's a cool story. There's a lot of stuff in here that happens. You need to check it out. So read all of Luke chapter one. You're going to love it. But Elizabeth does get pregnant. She does get pregnant in old age and barrenness. God totally shows up. She gets pregnant. She does have a little boy. They do name it John. And those of you who know the word a little bit, you know that that, that young man became John the Baptist who was a forerunner for Jesus Christ. So this wasn't just any baby. This was the baby that made a way in the wilderness and declared the goodness of God was coming. So I know in last week's show, we talked about wonders in the wilderness and seeing God in the midst of your circumstances. This totally is the follow-up to that because God wants you to see those wonders. He wants you to see those miracles, but he also wants you to know what's on the other side of that wilderness and on the other side of that miracle. Who knows what you're carrying? I mean, Elizabeth was carrying a forerunner for Jesus Christ, his cousin, John the Baptist, that made a way for him in the wilderness. Come on. God wants to make a way for you in the wilderness. He wants to be your miracle working God. He is Elohim. He is creator God. He is the God of the universe. 
There is nothing too hard for him. You know, Mary, when she finds out that she's pregnant with Jesus, um, I'm sure she was a little bit shocked. You can read her story in Luke as well, or any of the gospels. I think she's in every one of them. Um, I'm sure she was shocked and I'm sure that was way hard for her to believe. And to her, that seemed impossible. And especially it was impossible because she got pregnant. The Holy Spirit hovered over her and she got pregnant with Jesus. Right. So I'm sure that was hard for her to wrap her mind around. But you know what she said? She's like, okay, God, be it unto me according to your word, according to your word, God, I believe you. So believe God for whatever miracle it is that, that he's got on his agenda for you today. You guys, I want to pray for you right now before we go father in the name of Jesus. I lift up everyone listening and watching this. I pray God for miracle signs and wonders breakthroughs in their life right now. I pray where they need to have fresh faith that you would stir up their faith where there's a mustard seed that you would multiply it. Lord, I pray that you would pour out your blessings and minister hope, encouragement, strength, and love to people. Father God, I pray for miracles and breakthroughs right now in Jesus name. I pray for fresh faith. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Scandalous Grace this week. And remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carlos Swanigan. Please go to carloswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carloswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan.